What You Want to Know is recorded in Great White Portland. I mean, it's all about like, I think it's a lot of it is unscientific, right? It's about vibes. It's about oh, like, yes. Can I see this person on the team? On Do team. they seem yep. competent in the area enough to like, do the job, but you don't necessarily need some, you know, the next president of the United States. It's just like, it's so random, man. I was listening to Malcolm Gladwell's, Gladwell's, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Talking to People. I think that's what it's called, his latest book. Um, talking to People? Is that what it's called? Anyways. <laughs> I, uh, my earphones went out, like, right after oh. saying it's kind of scientific, and I have no clue what you said. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I said... <laughs> I've said, um, I've been listening to Malcolm Gladwell's book and I called it Talking to People, but it's called Talking to Strangers. Mm, okay. Um, and he talks about how judges get shit wrong all the time um, as far as how they sentence people, which we already know, like just that whole thing. But it's like how they think someone will or won't recommit, right? They said a computer, a computer program has a better percentage because they go solely off of the facts or the words instead of being swayed by the energy yeah maybe like also they go on the history and i don't i don't know but it's like obviously you don't want computers passing judgment but also like it sounds like we get it wrong a lot yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. like uh, the woman from Google, uh, from the Google AI team, uh, mm-hmm. black woman uh, from Ethiopia, or her, she's Ethiopian. I don't know if she's directly from Ethiopia or just her family, but um, like one of the like up and coming stars at Google, and she wrote a paper that was basically saying like yo, AI is only as smart as the person who trains it. So, um, you know, this learning natural language processing and being able to scrape the internet. So she had a project where they would go out and like harvest text from all over the internet, all over the internet in order to be able to replicate a basically in order to act talk black uh talk like a hispanic person whatever the case might be um and she was like this is just going to perpetuate racism and stereotypes Mm. no good can come from this because one the stuff that it's 
harvesting and feeding off of was mm-hmm. put out there by people who are spewing garbage and also the people who are doing the training and process like actually writing the code are also biased and so she was like there's no way that this can work out they fired her oh wow <laughs> first they told her like no you can't publish that paper and then she was like you can't tell me i can't publish this this is my work you asked me to do research i'm doing the research and like you can't publish it and like if you don't let me publish it i'm gonna quit and then like a couple days later they just fired her without telling her wow yeah yeah how'd that go over oh not very well (laughs) some like you know, people signed petition, like 1,200 people at Google wrote an open letter condemning the firing and all of that. And there were like articles on it and a bunch of bad press, but it's not like she can go back to the job. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like her boss is going to be like, oh, I realized the error of my ways. Come on back to the team. Let's just make it like old times again. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, it feels like we are definitely going down a road of just, and maybe we've already been, well, we've probably always been here, but it feels, it feels like people cannot hand, it either needs to be this or that, right? In the United States. Mm-hmm. Like two. You have two options. And I hate it when people say this because it's not right. I feel when, when I'm hearing people say it on both sides, right? Because usually that's what a motherfucker is saying after like a police officer has like killed someone. Right. Some black kid. Some well, there's issues on both. Yeah. Are those yeah. Subway sandwiches? Crack, 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 crack. Right? I mean, damn, can't even eat sandwiches, can't sleep. Anyways, uh, but it does feel like on both sides, there isn't tolerance towards like a difference. Like you can agree with 90, and Republicans are actually seeing this now, quote unquote, Republicans, mm-hmm. conservatives. They are with, let's take a Donald Trump. They'll be with a Donald Trump 99.9% of the time. And then the, that little 0.1% or whatever, I don't know if that's going to 0.01%, whatever, um, that they can't, that they're just like legally can't do it, sir. Sorry. There's literally nothing we can do to help you out. It's like, fuck you. You're not a real Republican. You clearly don't care about the United States. And then the masses come for these people who are mm-hmm. straight up just as horrible as the rest of you. Like, they're just as horrible. They just can't figure out a way legally to do some more bad shit. But, like, done. And you see, like, not to that degree, but, like, like, how progressive, which I consider myself to be, like, a progressive, but I'm like a different kind of progressive, right? But I, I, I have very progressive views, but like the moment I don't agree with something that's kind of popular, like, will you come for me? Yeah, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. 
still come for me like hard, hardcore. You know what I mean? Whether it be like guns or <laughs> I feel like I always bring up guns. But like like <laughs> I have all these guns. Like what I don't. What are you trying to say? Like I don't. I don't. But have. you want all of these guns. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's kind of like twofold. I think in order to say so much of communication now and the way that we interact with each other and uh, with the world is through, is through 142 characters or what, it's through tweets or Instagram yep. or social media or if in the case of like politicians it's still through those means and then also through the press um there's very little like sit down and have a face-to-face conversation Mm. um and so you have to distill your all of your argument into text that has no context that has no everything gets missed there Mm -hmm. and so in order to like make <laughs> you have to take a side like one side or the other and you know that depending on the side that you take everybody else on the internet is all up in your conversation and all up in your business mm-hmm. so you're worried thinking about what they're going to say so this conversation isn't just between me and chris all of a sudden where yeah. i can be like hey i know that we differ on this point this point this point it's all of these other people who I have to assume are just as uh, rash in their responses as I am mm-hmm. are also going to be hearing this. So I don't want them to hear me say uh, like, oh yeah, I totally understand Chris that you're uh, down for gun rights, but because then I'm worried that they're going to come after me. Yeah. So <laughs> that makes our conversation not real and not legit. Yeah. Um, yeah it's uh and people are so quick to comment on shit before you're even hearing and again it's like i don't want to say that whole like side thing but before a motherfucker completes a sentence right you've made up your mind and you're done not only have you made up your mind and you're going in on them but with with your left hand, you're typing out a mass tweet or whatever to everybody to get them to pile on, right? It's just, I find that shit to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It is, because you could say, well, are you saying that you don't think if somebody has like, had this harm that they did to another person that people don't have a right to know? And the answer is, that's not what I'm saying. But even, but that's like, take our chat, right? With the whole uh, Portland Art Museum. It's just assumptions of what, are you saying that uh, this isn't whatever? Or, you know, going in on Siobhan regarding like sexual assault, like totally reading into a, a statement she made mm-hmm. which that which what you took from that isn't what she said but like you can't argue with somebody how they heard something 
You know what I mean? Like, you can't. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you how you heard it. And I'm not talking about intention versus, like, our intent versus, like, what happened, how it made it. I'm saying, like, I can't argue with anyone about how they felt about something. I can tell you what I said. I can apologize if what I said, like, offended you. I probably won't. Who I am, because I think if I'm apologizing, then I'm apologizing if I said something wrong or I was misinformed. Right. I definitely you can apologize only, for that. You can only apologize for something you have done. Yeah, yeah. But if apologize. I believe, yeah. If I believe in in what I'm saying too, and I I I don't, I don't know, man. It's just so everything's fucking complicated, and that's good in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of like information that comes out but uh man oh man oh man we are quick to fucking destroy people or want mm-hmm. to and then when we're when we're wrong about that this is what i've never liked <laughs> when you're wrong about it it never makes the front page the way it did when the when the scandal broke Mm-mm. you know what i mean that front that retraction page six yep never never the the energy behind that fucking oh I was wrong. I made a mistake. Just low key. Low key all of a sudden, right? But you know, there's still no. No. The art of the apology, the art of the like shit, my bad. I done fucked up on that one. I really fucked up on that one. My bad. Like, I would have and I know he kind of said it a little bit kind of around the way, but I would have like, I would have given a little, a little golf clap if Biden was like, yo, I, I was pretty garbage uh, when it comes to criminal penalties for folks. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I did that. And I'm sorry. Like my whole presidency is going to be making up for that. So that's not the thing you remember about me. Like I would have been like, who is this human gracing the stage? As opposed to against the book. Yeah. Vulnerability. You can't show vulnerability. You can't say you're wrong. You're literally told never to admit that you're, that you've made a mistake Mm. and you see the results of that. A motherfucker who, it's like, we got you on tape. We have the data. Literally, you said this. This is what happened. You're wrong. No, no. It was a robot. You just keep saying that you're not wrong, right? You find someone else to blame and like... I've seen Spies in Disguise. That was a robot. Spies in Disguise. Yeah, that's a, that's a dad reference probably, right? It's a, yeah. it's a Will Smith Will Smith animated movie. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen it yet. It's solid. Yeah, you ain't gonna watch it pretty good yeah man i mean Art. i saw shark tail i'm i'm good Ooh, okay i haven't seen that either yeah you can yeah. funniest thing about it is martin scorsese is a voice in it and they oh. gave his fish giant eyebrows that's like all i remember <laughs> from that movie that's hilarious i was like okay uh, that's funny did uh i 
uh, you know, I came in late. Did that spark from something in particular or just in general? Like, did something happen today that I missed? No. I don't think no. so. Okay. I think it's just the the general sense of mm-hmm. having to having to watch your watch what you say because somebody's gonna come after you, and the fact that you can't disagree, like you can't, uh, you can agree on ninety nine percent of things, and then yeah, one percent will just destroy any kind of relationship or friendship or ability to communicate. It's like we're scared of it almost. Yeah. Um, which is at work. Did we already talk about this work and safe space talk? Um, <laughs> I am speaking for myself. The idea of a safe space. Again, speaking for myself as a 44 year old black man, mm-hmm. it does not exist for me. So I always am like, yeah, I, I, at work, I'll be like, you know, I'm not one of those safe space people. I don't believe in it. I believe in a brave space. I believe that we can be brave in a space, but there ain't no space that I'm going to be safe in, really. I have yet to find it. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and people, you can tell some people want to kind of get uh, about it, but I'm not shitting on their safe space idea. I'm saying that doesn't ring true for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And why are you saying that uh, people dis- disenfranchised shouldn't have safe spaces? No, motherfucker. Did you hear what I said? You know what I mean? I'm like tired of that. Like, what? How did you take that from what I just fucking said? But I can't argue with it. Yeah. Your brain took it that way. Um, when I got when we got done with the uh, the roundtable mm-hmm. on uh, Thursday. Uh, I went down. I went downstairs to get something to eat, and Kelsey had been watching it. Um, and she told me that someone in like the, one of the chats or whatever blew up that I said uh, black women are disposable. That you said that? I mean, basically, they in caps were like, "Black women are not disposable," and like kind of went off on something about it. And I was like, "Sounds like you did listen to what I said." Uh, also, yeah. it's my interpretation of art, which is a whole nother thing, but it's just like, it just feels wait. like in that kind of Wait, wait, gut wait. Reaction. I think I know what they're talking about, though. I think I know what you, they're talking about. And I think it was when you said, historically, you basically said, historically, Black women haven't gotten the respect they deserve, and they've just been, like, yeah. dismissed Cast and thrown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is... That's crazy to take from that that you're like, I mean, yeah, you're saying the same thing. Yeah, black women aren't disposable. (laughs) It's uh, so yeah, I'm just like you know, and obviously I didn't get a chance to see it, so maybe something was lost. Yeah, on this side too. Yeah, but it's just like the vitriol that flows immediately when uh, even a second might make you go, wait, no, that's not what's happening. Like, let me scan for a second. But also, look, I don't know who the person was who typed that. But I would think, like, even if my internet went out and it, like, it glitched and all I heard was Black women are disposable or Black women are easily cast aside, 
I would think about everything else in the conversation that led yeah. up to that moment. Mm-hmm. I would, I would and probably I would question, look at Siobhan and be like, are you letting this motherfucker say this? <laughs> <laughs> like, you haven't been letting anyone else say shit like that, so, but it's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. Yeah. Just read the room. Like, <laughs> it's like what I'm telling Bennett, what we're kind of learning. Just read the room right now. Oof. I mean, like, that's a skill. Yeah, don't always. Yeah, most say people don't have to first thing it. right away because like, they're never around anyone that isn't in their exact same boxes or whatever. So you know, color, socioeconomic, uh, gender identity, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, you know, there's places where that stuff's being broken down. Thankfully, and younger generations are better. Yeah, I'm guessing Bennett doesn't go to school in one of those places anymore, though. In one of which places? A place that's generally breaking down some of those boxes when they're young. Oh. Um, I mean, I did ask directly the question of what kind of representation do you have in the books that you're reading, etc. And mm. the teacher responded quickly with that, like they try to make sure to have like gender and race. Uh, representation and everything in all of the literature that they're reading and they're they do a pretty good job of it but what um, about who he's going to school with right uh yeah that's i where... mean representation's great correct but also if you're just talking about it with a white teacher and a bunch of white students yes it's tough yes, yes welcome is... to my third through seventh grade except we weren't talking about shit <laughs> <laughs> That shit leaves like, uh, scars. Columbus yo. was so great. He was great. Bennett's that shit is has, hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like, uh, basically, I did the math, and in first through fifth grade, the math adds up to there being like two black people in or like or kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm. Like two. What do you mean the math? That's oh, tough. because um, like you are you're adding like halves? No, because they do if you go on to like Parent Square or okay. like any of those like statistics uh sites where they tell you the school district and like the break demographic breakdown. Okay. They tell you a percentage. And Got the it. percentage is like 0.6% of the population is black. And so okay. you can take the total number of kids at the school um behind. How do you get to 0.6%? Oh, you round up from like having two out of 300 kids. Got it. Chris is just waiting for this math section to be done. I just, you shouldn't like, do that to a kid, those. man. What? You shouldn't mm-hmm. do that to a kid. If you can avoid it. If you can avoid it. I... It fucking is. It just fucking. It's hard, man. It's hard. First. Yeah, elementary school, I think there was like, there was Guy Burry, who was a black guy in the class above me. Um, And then there was Christine LeConte and one other black person in my class. And that was it for a while in the school, like in elementary school. High school, it got better because we were an athletic high school. So they drafted and recruited kids. But then it was awkward because I was the black guy who didn't play sports. And so that's where I started learning about <laughs> the stereotype. 
what high school do you go to? Oh, I go to St. Thomas. Oh, what position do you play? Uh, position Germany? math, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, Germany and Model UN? I don't Is that a position? It's like people letter jacket. What's up? <laughs> Man. Peep the clarinet, motherfucker. Clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We yeah. had that I remember we had in high school when I went, I finally went to public school in eighth grade, but super, super like, I was just like, oh, thank God. Thank you. Just felt like myself some more. But I, I remember this kid, I think his name was um, Ted Daculet or Ted Dacu. I can't remember his full his name, but uh, hey Ted, that's you. <laughs> he was uh, I don't even know what the term is. Are we still saying like out? He was like, he's gay, but he's out. He was like not. What is openly, what is you could say openly gay? Openly gay, and this is in ninety. This is in nineteen ninety. Ooh, okay. yo, Ted was just abused right so i'm telling you i don't remember any other what was it again openly kid and i just i think about it sometimes like this motherfucker just in this high school being himself just taken abuse from like white mainly white dudes um not and the way that i'm saying that is because i just remember him walking down this hallways in the commons and just a line of white dudes who played soccer like fucking pushing him you know homophobic slurs and just like and ted was protected by uh, girls, mm-hmm. popular girls, one of which was my girlfriend at the time. Um, one of which, and they were like really good friends. And she had social capital, social power, right? Within the school and the other girls did. And I think my guess is that they stopped a lot of physical like worse physical abuse, you know, they couldn't stop mental abuse at all. That's mm-hmm. not happening. Cause high school, high school now is rough. High school in the nineties, anything that's different, you know, you're going to get fucking just destroyed. So yeah, he's probably the quote unquote bravest kid in that entire fucking high school. The strongest kid in that entire fucking high school. Showing up every day. Every fucking day. And I remember seeing him alone once. It was like between periods and people were going to class. I remember seeing him alone. And we were by no means friends. I want to be clear about that. I'm talking about him like he's a friend. He wasn't, I wasn't friends with him. He was good friends with my girlfriend. And... I've never seen him alone. I'm saying that because I could have definitely been way more supportive or fucking disruptive. 
than I was. I saw him alone once walking through by the library and he looked so scared. Like like a little fish in open water, basically. Like, oh shit, this big thing's out here. Let me get the fuck out of here. He was walking so fast. And then I kind of peeked these two guys like like in the movies when you see motherfuckers and you know they're up to no trouble flipping a coin hey teddy hey teddy hey teddy come here hey teddy come here and it was in that moment where i was like the very least you can do bro like the very least you can do as just like a fucking high schooler (laughs) it's just like step forward and say hi. So I was like, what's up, Ted? Right? He's like, hey. And then, like, they stopped. Right? Like, that's not a hero. You know what I mean? That's, like, the very, the minimum mm-hmm. you can do if you see some shit about to go down. You know? Fucking, I believe it was, I know their names. I mean, I shouldn't say their names. I love Ryan and Nate. Fucking assholes. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Oh, I think kids today are better. The ones that I'm running into, they're better at fucking disrupting that shit, man. Hmm. Way better than I ever was. Way better than I ever was. But it's still going on, right? So because they are disrupting it. But man, oh man. Ooh, we failed a lot of fucking of our peers in the 90s, man. Yeah. Sucks. I'll say that, uh, you know, I give social media and shit uh, a lot of crap. Uh, but the fact that there is an access point for community and like a kid who is the only black kid in their high school or a kid who is the only uh, openly gay person in their high school, like they can quickly find community or find stories or like see representations of themselves um however on the other side the bullies also have millions of other people who are uh reinforcing and validating their way of being they have lawmakers they have the president they have like so it's like for every like win and benefit there's the other side that's also getting stronger and more bold and mm-hmm. high school at no time in history is good. Like there was the, the there was the vegetarian back in like fucking Paleolithic era high school. Someone was like, "I saw this motherfucker eating celery." There's a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> what up, flat tooth? What up, flat tooth? <laughs> <laughs> flat tooth. Flat tooth. It's like a slur. <laughs> you will not bring a flat tooth to this table. I they put Brontosaurus the- burgers on this table for all of you. <laughs> Going to the Flintstones. Uh, Tackling racism. Lord. What time is Anne joining us? Uh, like six. 20, 6.30. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. We're all here at 6 th- at 5.30. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you all my uh, sexual harassment story? I'm smiling. I'm smiling. 
That was a... So, it's the craziest thing, man. It's the craziest thing. Um, so, I was 20... God, I think I was 26. 27. And I had started this job in nonprofit. And oh, by the way, in this story, I'm the one who's being accused of sexual harassment. I want to be yeah. clear about that. Um, and you so can make you, up your own. When you, you change your name in the story, we know that that's you. <laughs> you want me to like gargle your voice or something? <laughs> no, you can make up your. I openly tell this story because I think it's interesting. I, I do think it's interesting perspectives. I, I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, and I become friends with this woman who actually just recently kind of moved out of town and is doing some other stuff but um we've become like friendly because our desks were near each other uh my job was i was to, i was going out in the community and helping like families who needed help with like rent and all this other stuff like that anyways and one day she i'm gonna leave names out of it actually for this story she says hey eight um and i had i i uh not that it actually matters, but I was in a relationship because that makes it sound like if you're in a relationship, you can't sexually harass someone. Anyways, she asked, she goes, can I ask you a question? So yeah, what's up? I still remember it. So yeah, what's up? She goes, you know, I've been seeing this guy. This is going to be our third date. I was like, okay. This is going to be our third date. And I'm trying to figure out like what his deal is. I can't figure out like, is he, are you attracted to me? Is he attracted to me? Like, what's his deal? You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't kissed me yet. And I was just like, okay, I don't know. Maybe just, he's taking it slow. She's like, well, tonight, you know, I'm trying to get some action. I w at least want to get a kiss. Safe space. I was like, <laughs> oh, and she's white. Not, I don't, I don't, not saying that matters, but she's a white woman. I go, okay. Just, she always just shared, always shared so much. And I, you know me, I keep my shit. Close to chest, she goes, how she said, she asked me this question. She's like, like, how should I dress? Cause I'm trying to figure out what part of a woman, just listen, <laughs> she goes, what part of a woman are guys most interested in? I said, pause. Yeah. At what point should Chris have walked away from the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm 27, I'm at my desk. This is honestly like the setup for a fucking like online harassment training. Like the so man I, oh training. man, it sounds like it's written like, like one too. Where it's like okay, okay. red light, yellow light. Green. So but here's the thing. Here's what you need to understand. It right is like I'm not asking questions and I'm not initiating shit. I'm just chilling, listening to someone who I'm like, oh yeah, we're becoming friends, right? Like, what should I wear? What, who do you think? What are guys most interested in? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I think guys, you know, are interested in different things. Like, some dudes like legs, some dudes just like a pretty face, like, whatever. Like, she said, but in general, like, what do you think guys are most interested in? And I, I said, I go, like, in general? Like, a regular old dude? She's like, yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. She goes, what? And I was like, do you really want to know? You really want to tell you? <laughs> in the tree. Yeah. She goes, yeah. Hey, I go, honestly, probably most guys are interested just in like breasts or something like that. She goes like this. She goes, oh, 
Okay, thanks. Boom, boom. Talk a little bit more. Done. That was the conversation. The following week, I get called into this office. Uh, Chris, can I speak to you for a second? Yeah. My supervisor. Did you have a conversation last week with... Yeah. Were you talking about um, something about uh, the part of a woman that men like most? I start laughing. Because I'm like dumb. I'm like, I don't even think about it. I go, oh, yeah. And without thinking about it, I might have, quote unquote, saved myself. I go, oh, yeah. You know, so and so, like, she likes to talk. She's asking me. I just repeat the whole conversation because I have, like, I have just, and I start, like, literally without, and I'm not protecting myself. I'm not, like, <laughs> thinking I'm in trouble, right? I just let it, and then she said this, and then I said this, and then she said this, and then I said this, and then I go, and then she said, yeah, what part of a woman? And I go, and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is weird. Like, why are you asking me that? You don't know. And then she kept asking, and then she kept asking me, and I go, do you really want to know? Right? I just casually said that to the, I go, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah, just tell me. I was like, okay, like most women, and I say most women, breasts. And my supervisor goes, so you didn't just bring this up out of nowhere? I go, what? She goes, you didn't just bring up breasts out of nowhere. I said, uh, no. She goes, oh, okay, thank you. I released. <laughs> and then I'm talking to other friends and they're like, what's going on? So then this woman was brought back into the office asked to clarify some stuff, right? She, after hearing my account, she then is like, which I appreciate, she then goes, yeah, that's, that, that's how it went. But then I became uncomfortable when he gave me the answer. That was what she said, I was told this. I've told this and I shouldn't know this information, but I was told this. Um, yeah, I, I did ask. And then he did say, do you really wanna know? And then I did say, yeah. And then he said it. But then after he said that, I thought to myself, why did he say that? I'm very uncomfortable now. <laughs> and then the supervisor was like, well, I'm sorry that happened, but there's, we can't do anything about, like, we can't do anything about this. Cause, and I thought about that. I thought about it for a really long time and I didn't talk to her again. I was just like, oh shit, like what? So that was just like, I don't think I ever said another word to her. Um, I mean, and I also wasn't, I would think I was right, guys, we're taking lunch orders. We're taking lunch orders. Who wants to... <laughs> <laughs> what kind like... of chicken do you want? <laughs> uh, 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 do you tenders? really want to know what kind of chicken I want? Can Any, I the original anyway, recipe? <laughs> it was like, I think about it because it's like, I don't believe that that was sexual harassment. What I do believe is like, I guess you shouldn't, you shouldn't, not I guess, like, I guess you don't say like breast in the, in the, in the workplace, right? But it, it is just, I mean, and I'm sure she was of made words, of, you, of all the words you could have said, that's probably the most like appropriate. For well, work, for like here's the, the thing I said breast because I was at work. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm like you were work. like them titties. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> like, like, you know, Chris I'm around at... the way. <laughs> but when he's at work, he dials it in. Yeah, 
It's called code switching. You know, <laughs> like, I have a really good friend who was also friends with her, and they had a conversation about it, and it was just really interesting. Like, she was really affected by my answer. And there's no arguing that. Like, there's no, like, yeah. well, fuck yeah. you, you shouldn't have asked the question then. But she was, like, really affected by, by my answer. Um, and it was just, like, kind of this casual, if you're just talking about, like, regular dudes, which I was thinking about, like, players, whatever, dudes are those kind stereotypes. of Stereotypes. Like, she was yeah, asking for a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you yeah. gave like, her one, right? Yeah those kind of dudes are looking at i mean you could have been like well white guys and then you could be like but black right. guys just go into I mean, like a whole animaniac song <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyways that's like the cl- that's like that's my sexual harassment story you know. and, uh, it could have gone a lot worse i think in, under, in the wrong hands i think that just could have been really fucking horrible but absolutely even and Even just if she doubled down, yeah. yeah. Or if, yeah. or yeah, or if they just didn't take your word, like, yeah, they could have easily been like, "He's lying," and you would have um, been fucked. Like your yeah, career that's... from that point on is done. And like, well, I saying, uh, so like, I don't think she her was reaction. To... No, she wasn't out to get you. I don't. No, know. I think she no. was valid. She was actually speaking from her truth of, yeah. hey, this felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, I want yeah. to make sure that I talk to somebody about this. Totally. Or mm. HR person, whoever they are, they it's should doing their due a diligence. little gold star for HR and like, they did their due diligence of hearing both sides of the story, understanding, reflecting back the situation and yeah. sending everybody on their way, probably documented it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, yeah, if they weren't doing their job or if they had a bias or something like up their shorts or whatever, then they easily could. Uh, yeah, I don't, I regret saying what the fuck does that mean? That part, <laughs> um, you know, just I think sleeve maybe okay. is what you're yeah, going for. No, just sleeve. like something up that was niggling them about it. Like, this is just a no, but, um, call back. That could have gone so horribly for you, or they could have gone the opposite way and been like, "Trust me, insert name here." That was nothing, and dismissed it yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I never that would have like been that. something. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. So, That's true. It's actually an example of exactly how this is all supposed to happen. Yeah, which is, or or at least as close to ideal, it's, which I, is crazy. I appreciate her. This is funny because I've never actually appreciated anything about this till right now. I appreciate her truth of, oh, that actually what he said is how it happened. I was uncomfortable with the answer. You know what I mean? So in within that, she was, she was like, oh, I did leave out this kind of important piece of information, but that doesn't make how I felt. Right. any different so i can i can appreciate that for sure uh yeah and i i mean i definitely did not have to say breast or i did not have to be like honest my 
my brain, honestly, I, I mm-hmm. could have read that situation differently. And yeah, that's if, my sexual uh, harassment story. If ear pods were a thing back then, you could have easily just been like, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Boy, I got to take this call. It just keeps on bothering me. But it, it did change my whole uh, way that I, Eric, in, in uh, response to you, well, you know how you like to say that I'm really even killed and whatever? That's yeah, one of the reasons. Hi, Ann. Oh. Hi. Hey, Ann. <laughs> like, Hello. You have bangs? Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we, we, we don't know how to deal with people. Chris, Eric, and Leon, aka Broke Gravy, are three storytellers slash artists slash comedians. They've got thoughts. <laughs> okay, so we were you... talking about uh, sexual harassment, actually. Yeah, and, like you... asking a woman if she has bangs. <laughs> oh, again, Jesus! Wow, Christ! That... I'm sorry. No, that was wow, bad. Chris. Is that an example of? <laughs> no. Wow, your timing on that. You have no idea how, how well that goes with what we were just saying. I don't, I actually don't believe that would, I think if you were like a constantly, like, yeah, or if you were just constantly talking Every to a day. woman about her hair and how it looked different, that would be. Con- You're a friend and I haven't seen you since we hung out in the backyard. No, I agree that that, I know, I agree that that was different. not, I agree that that was not sexual harassment. Right. <laughs> It this might have time, been harassed. Chris it was in no way sexual. Hurt. I did well for a while. For the first, whoever, however many months of the pandemic, I was cutting my own bangs because I had bangs previously, and then I, I gave it up for a while. And then I got. I've had one haircut. I did have one haircut um, oh. about two months ago. You know, and I was like, well, it's probably now or never if I'm going to get a haircut <laughs> before things get worse again. And, um, and, and that was it. Are. Can I yeah. ask, uh, just because I've never personally had a haircut? Had bangs. I've had okay. a haircut. I've had a haircut. Yeah. What is the challenge mm. with cutting bangs? Because this is like, it's a right. big Bubbling, like, right? fear. Well, it's both. It's Too much both forehead. Like, even it's the evenness but also like you can accidentally cut in like more it, I, I will end up just cutting in more you're like oh wait where does the bangs end so you just kind of uh, cut in more oh. more hair becomes bangs like from the back you know yeah, like gotcha. you're like oh oh wait is this are these part of my bangs i don't know and then also for, for my particular bangs I, I have to debulk them so you have to like cut into them from the bottom also or they just kind of like they would sit sort of like like kind of puff yeah they'd like stick up a little. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah those are the, i would say those are the primary uh challenges but yeah it's it is usually about like trying to get it like even and you know different bangs have different shapes i have a pretty like blunt bangs but some of them are more like wispy or choppy or like side swept so there's all all different ones these are all I'm so new glad I can yeah. come onto this podcast. I'm honored. <laughs> Yo, for the longest time, gravy and talk about bangs. For the longest time, I didn't even realize like what bangs were. Like Audrey had to explain to me that like not all hair can be bangs. Like it has. Well, to, that's the, they like, can. 
if you keep, you know, cutting your own bangs and then eventually, yeah, you but just yeah, like start, happen. then it becomes like, oh, just like a bang a bulk, over. A bulk, yeah, bang, <laughs> I did have that haircut actually. I had a really short haircut that all kind of like pushed forward. And so, you know, but yeah, I think technically it would be probably the, the front maximum, probably like the front half of your hair. Yeah. You cut bangs. Front couple rows of hair. Yeah, the rows, the rows of hair. <laughs> Like the black man flat top seems to have similar perils. I used to have a flat top and mm-hmm. my boy James mm. would cut it and he'd do the fade. But when you got yeah. to the back, you got to know where he had to be very careful to not give me a bald spot. You see what I'm saying? Yes. To get it even and flat. So that was always, he always had to like, yeah, I can imagine like trying to do that yourself would be really hard to have like a steady hand and like I did it myself and like, I gave myself a bald spot. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah, I used to cut my own. I used to cut my own hair in college and afterwards, and I did. I did a pretty good job, but one time, um, I had like short hair, so I, I would do like kind of clippers in the back and then like cut the <laughs> just cut the front. Two scissors at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Edward scissors. Yeah, just yeah. Edward scissor hand. Yeah. And- I had scissors for hands at the time, so it was convenient. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I had the uh, clippers that um, instead of like changing the guard out, it had like a twist up and down. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Oh, like seen you twist, twist them to change the length. Yeah, don't and I them. thought I had, yeah, don't, because I thought I had it twisted all the way to like the longest setting, but I accidentally had it twisted to the shortest setting and I just went like straight up the Ooh. back of my head Ooh. and then i had to bl- i i did i don't i had to blend it i went i mean i had to do a lot shorter overall but i kind of blended it out around the sides of my head <laughs> damn man yeah. right. uh, well, thanks and, for coming on yeah you're uh, welcome any more hair related questions Is, uh, well they'll, they'll come up i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i got uh, questions on shampoo but we'll see okay for, cool like, did, yeah. uh you could two and one it leon i think it'll be fun <laughs> Uh, <laughs> three in one with the body wash. Should Ooh. we introduce Anne to the audience? Uh, in a second. No, yeah. First, we but, gotta finish this conversation about sexual harassment, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's. It was bad. We. It was. It was pretty much done. I'm trying to do my due diligence here, people. Anne, uh, what is your favorite place for comedy in Portland? Oh. Um. I mean. God, that's. Okay. I'm trying to I, set you up. Yeah, this did I not go well. I, I don't. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's. I I don't like this because now I'm yeah. picking between uh, places. I perform. Most, I perform most often at Kickstand, and I love Kickstand. Ah, Kickstand. Very, Kickstand. Very, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted go, you. Go on. No, no. I was going to give a longer getting, answer. This is only getting like... more awkward. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to talk about our sponsor, and I have oh. no, no fucking way to to stop momentum between okay. these two. Cool. And now a third. I'm just going to uh, name a bunch of other. No, the, uh, Kickstand Comedy <laughs> is my favorite. Oh, Kickstand comedy. comedy. Joe's Comedy Cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's Comedy Cellar. Steve's uh, Underground a Comedy Room. <laughs> Once saw this guy in the corner of yeah. Burnside and 54. Yeah. He was hilarious. I really, I really just like the, you know, the, the person I do, does my checkout at New Season. <laughs> what if Ann was like, what if Ann was like, the best place to go is Joe's Comedy Cellar on Chocolate Sundays. It's just <laughs> the best place. Like, and then we found out that 
she was this amazing stand-up and she was keeping it from us this whole time. Chocolate Sundays. She only performed in black rooms. Black that rooms. would be yeah. I know. I was like, so that be brilliant. Like, like you live in so the wrong great. city, dog. We're going to move you down to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah I, like we... the, I like to be the only white person in the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage. That's hard to do. In Portland, Oregon. Sunday. Uh, Walks into every Ivory Tower. <laughs> ivory <laughs> ivory <laughs> tower. <laughs> Is that sexual harassment? I think it was. <laughs> what if Anne had this routine? It was just like she walked on stage. White people be crazy. White people be crazy. <laughs> How many times you go like... to new seasons and white people be like? <laughs> uh, I wish I could join this riff, but I can't. <laughs> sure you can. You know all the stuff white people be doing. White people be crazy. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So anyways, uh, Kickstand Comedy <laughs> is a proud sponsor of uh, What You Want to Know and Broke Gravy. They're one of our favorite Ooh. places uh, to enjoy comedy in Portland. Uh, they are, in fact, a nonprofit. So uh, anything that you can help them out with, they are appreciative. Uh, they love to laugh, connect, and thrive together. Uh, we love them because they uh, are focused on quality, community, unique voices. Uh, they, you know, yeah, they're great. Um, they are currently in the middle of classes, but uh, you can head to kickstandcomedy.org and sign up to get alerts on when classes are coming back. They have classes in uh, improv stand-up, uh, sketch writing, uh, Yeah, they have a writing. pilot writing, a pilot writing class. a pilot class writing class. Said. Are you oh, taking cool. that, Chris? Yeah. Chris, were you going to take that? Am I making uh, that up? Yeah, no, I don't know. Okay, well, I would read a script that Chris wrote, and he should take that class. Um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of comedian friends who have taken it and then loved it. Uh, dope, so dope. yeah, uh, and they are... Currently, are, they're rotating through doing a free BIPOC class, uh, so you should sign up to get on the mailing list for that. Uh, the one and only Mark Kendall, right? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. The Sweet. very hilarious Mark Kendall. Uh, so yeah, kickstandcomedy.org for your Portland and online comedy needs. Yeah, I was just in an online uh, show last night on the Kickstand's Twitch. Okay. Twitch? Twitch. yeah it was a fun it was a i didn't i i it, i don't like promote things anymore because it's just it's quarantine and i don't know how to you know just be come on over and world. click log yeah in. yeah, yeah but weird. it was it was um katie custer and michael knox said um well he wrote she 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 demanded he write and he did write a um fake hallmark movie that we did a stage like christmas movie that we did a stage reading of and it was very okay yeah. nice. appropriate use of yeah. this format of like yes online i just watched that lifetime short about uh the colonel colonel sanders wait it's out is it's it out? out oh yeah it it's only 20 12. minutes it's only 20 minutes it's only 20 oh. minutes yeah. i've not heard of this. that actually it's disappoints called, me uh, recipe, recipe for seduction, for seduction. <laughs> starring mario I like the way you guys said that almost at the same time um, Lopez. His name? Slater? Mario Sorry. Lopez. Mario Slater. Let Mario me tell you something. People. Greg Luganis. I know we just got off this sexual harassment kick, but 
Mario Lopez has a beautiful body. That man is like, he's how old is he? He he's his like body is beautiful. See, I would guess late forties, but you're probably right. Oh my god! Yeah, I'd say late forties too, probably. Very impressive. Very impressive. But um, I wished it was longer. I fucking it was so crazy in all the best kinds of ways that I was just like, like anyone can watch it. You just get on. It's 20 minutes. It's it's the acting is just everything you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And what did you say? It's on? I was planning on watching Lifetime. Like, if you just I still, Google. I didn't think it was out yet. Yeah, it opened uh, and I'm, noon today. It, oh, today. OK. Yeah. Oh, you were just like you were like at 1159 just hitting refresh. Oh, <laughs> I love Lifetime. I love Lifetime craziness. The last Lifetime movie I watched was uh, Omar Epps and Mia. Long. Oh, I heard about that. It was reviewed on um, oh, Man Can't Jump. It is wild. Yeah. Wild. I'm glad they got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like fun. I auditioned for, I think, I can't remember if it was a Lifetime or a Hallmark movie. I didn't get it, but, oh, it was, um, uh, oh no, they changed the title, but it was about um, Megan and Harry. It was the, the working title was When Megan Met Harry. They actually reviewed this film on um, How Did, how did This Get made? made? Yeah, and I can't remember what it was called, but I didn't, I didn't get it. I was supposed to be a bitchy, roy- or like aristocratic uh, woman. Like in this aristocrat with uh, a royal, crooked bangs. Royal, yeah. royal flush. <laughs> Juice face. Yeah. Now, yeah, uh, we should introduce now. We'll introduce her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's not. Go ahead, Chris. Face. It's not. No. no, introduce. Go ahead, introduce him. Huh? Introduce, introduce him. Huh? Introduce. Who? Me? Oh, it's What's telling Eric right? to introduce. Why you. am I doing it? You were going to do it earlier. I interrupted you to do our sponsorship. Okay. Well, hi everybody. Uh, we have a guest on the show today. Very excited. Um, is this our second, third guest? Second guest? Third. Third guest. Fourth? Fourth? Oh, yeah. Shelly, uh, John. Uh, and your friend, Chris? Your you friend know your friend? friend? Lauren Sinner. Yeah, I'm Best counting friend. Lauren Sinner. But Shelly and have... John. Oh, we're counting John as a guest? I guess he was... I just Why? thought he was stepping in as like your replacement. As, oh, a guest substitute? He was he was oh. Leon on that. Yeah, it was yeah, John as, as Leon. Next Reprising time he's on, he has to be Leon. Leon. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, today we'd like to thank Ann Xander for coming on the show. I probably mention Ann every single episode or close to, but yeah. I refer to her as Juice Face. Juice Face, her, killer. That's usually how he says it. When her one person show is actually called Juice Box. Correct. Uh, yeah, I know what it. I know. Oh no, I know you know. <laughs> also, Juice Face was the name of an improv group in Portland for a while. So uh, oh, other people okay. have accidentally called my show. I didn't know that because it was before I was in in town. But um, yeah, other people have accidentally called my show Juice Face too. So it's a it's a common misnomer. I'll take it. You know. Yeah, but you created, and obviously you were in juice box and it it was getting some really good heat and you got into all of these shows yeah I got coming to- up and then uh covid hit so that's just on a little bit of a pause but i'm pretty sure once it's all over that you'll get that right yeah 
Yeah, I think Eric. I think Eric might be the only one who's actually seen the. Four. Didn't you see the show when I did it at my show? Are you looking at me? Yeah, Eric. Yes, sorry. I saw. I saw the full show. Yeah, at um, was it when it was at the Siren? It was at the Siren. At, yeah, at part of the Portland Sketch. sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Portland Sketch nice. Fest. Um, I was just and he liked it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it also made you. Yeah, it made you deeply uncomfortable, right? But yes. You, yeah. I. Uh, What's the show? What's the premise of the show? Um, so I am playing the same character throughout. I am a teenager, but also a clown. I'm like a teenager who like is horny, but doesn't really know what horny means. And it's kind of, a, it goes from an unrequited crush to a sexual awakening, but it is a clown show. So I'm like, it's very like, you guys were talking about Nate last week and that's why you asked me come on i think although you already talked about that amazing show a lot and we talked about it vaguely and i feel like feel more comfortable just straight up talking about it this week yeah well um yeah so the, the just discom- in general the discomfort i think comes from one just like being uh, so taking the like emotions the heightened emotions of adolescence and putting them into a clown body where like there's no like uh filter or like um you know, self-regulation, just whatever emotion it is, is huge. And then also because clowning is like always directly connected to the audience. So like you in the audience, you can't avoid, it's not like I'm constantly in the audience, but I'm constantly connected to the audience, like with eye contact and looking to where people are laughing or reacting or, you know, responding to their responses. So like you can't hide in the audience at a clown show. Um, and that's, yeah. The, yeah, so it's about an hour long and it's, um, that's, that's kind of the premise and it's, it's super fun. Uh, the characters named Jessica, she's crazy, but she's also like sort of me and sort of not, you know, like she's just like a crazy heightened version of a teenager and it's fun to let that character out. And I did get, I got to go to, um, so I did it a few times in Portland. I did it at Furl Ground in 2018 that's where I debuted the full-length show and then I did a shorter version opening for D&D at the Siren and then Shelly asked and then I got into um, Portland Sketch Fest did it at Portland Sketch Fest did it at Ha Ha Harvest Fest in Portland and then I got to travel to Chicago Sketch Fest in January and perform it there which was awesome because that was like that was my first of what was supposed to be like six touring um uh festivals and i think if i hadn't gone to that one i would have been like even more depressed (laughs) because i would have been like is this even real and also like does this show work where people don't know me you know which is kind of my my question for myself Uh, sorry not that everybody knew me at all by any means when i was performing in portland but it's just good to like test that kind of yeah totally yeah what were you gonna say eric sorry um i I was gonna ask is so Portland's the only place is is where you developed that show or did you start it anywhere else I the character actually came out of um and like an exercise in my master's program which is when I was I was living in London so I that character started in like 2015 okay. but like in a different context she was she was not a clown she was just sort of teenager and like there was a boy band fantasy and it was in this like devising through improv class and then that character that character also came in we devised our final show in our program and that scene kind of got brought back in there and then I always was like oh I really 
I'd want to figure out how to do this show, this character without the other characters around it because in the previous iterations, fantasy scenes were like populated by other actors. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out like, how can I have like a fantasy without, you know, having somebody else play those parts. And it took me, like, I didn't pick it up again for probably like another year after graduating. And then I would like workshopped it for a while over there. And then I did like a 20 minute version in a festival right before I moved uh, to Portland. Um, and then I did it again in Portland in like a, like a 20 minute version. Uh, and then like, it was like another, it was, it was just kind of like, I kept coming back to it over, over a period of time. But in t when I went into developing the show, I had, a, a, I only had about that like 20 minutes of material and not quite all of that actually became the show. Some of it kind of got cut because of the, the, the formation of just the kind of, of the, of the broader story. It was less, it had less narrative behind it before and it was more kind of just like uh, bits, I guess, mm. as that character. Yeah. So you had mentioned that it was previously a character um, in relation to other characters of the fantasy mm -hmm. and it wasn't clowning. When did clowning come into the picture? Well, I had um, also, so I did a master's degree it was called um, Theater Lab, and it was it's a master's at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, and it's sort of this, it was still relatively, I think it was in the fourth year when I was there, so it was a relatively new program, and it was like very like experimental, physical theater, um, ensemble theater, so we trained in like a lot of different styles, including like more traditional like Stanislavski style acting, um, yes, but Stanislavski. I had... Huh? Yes, yes, yes Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Constant, yeah. Constantin Stanislavski. <laughs> um, he's just like, if a lot of actors or people who are if, like, will have heard of Stanislavski or like the teachers like Stella Adler and Meisner and um, another important one that I'm forgetting now came from. There's like that Russian tradition that okay. a lot of Western acting training and like American acting training is connected to but we also got connected to um we had uh clown training and commedia dell'arte training which that was like my favorite unit at, of of probably everything i learned it was also like the hardest thing i've ever done clowning was the hardest thing i've ever learned and so i hated it at first because i was really bad at it and i hate being bad at things mm -hmm. um but i wanted to get i wanted to get good at it and so i had just like a term of that training and but it was separate from this character I'd created and it wasn't till like after I graduated and then I kept studying with my clowning teacher because she she did like you know outside workshops and and eventually I did a workshop with her specifically for like developing ideas that you might have like just a little bit of or like something you've worked on and I was like I want to take this character and like really put her into the clown state and just see mm -hmm. what happens. Um, so did you there. study like masks and all that when you were we doing uh, Del Arte? We actually didn't. I've done it in other, in like previous training, um, uh -huh. but we, it was a pretty brief, like in kind of overview of Del Arte. We did, we were working more with, actually that's not true. We did have some masks. I completely forgot until this moment that we did have masks, but we actually yeah. spent a lot of time also working with like 
the bot like the way the mm -hmm. body is held in different archetypes mm -hmm. and like the Lhotse, the like little, um, which is like basically the, at least in, in Western traditions, sort of the roots of improvisation are these little, um, I think they're called Lhotse, God, I, I hope I'm not make, um, getting that wrong, but uh, these little like vignette scenes between different Del Arte mm -hmm. characters interacting. Like Harle Harlequin, is that how you say it? Arlequino Harle is Harle one of them. Arlequino is like the, is, um, Arlequino, is definitely one of the like predecessors of the clown um, in yeah. like, more modern. Like, yeah. More I feel like in improv, whether people realize it or not, most people go to Harlequino. Like just, they, they seem to like, in my opinion anyways, yeah. they like get that essence in their character choices. I don't know, I'm fascinated yeah. by it. I have a buddy, I told you I have a buddy yeah really went deep into all that and makes his own masks and shit that's and so cool a couple of them yeah 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 i um i actually had an amazing high school drama teacher and we did like a whole unit in del arte when i was in high school and had like a mask maker come in and teach us mm -hmm. how to make masks and we did all so like i'm really lucky to have had like a long uh relationship with that kind of with that kind of theater that's awesome yeah. Oh, bye, Leon. Bye. Oh, he's back. This has he been doesn't have his headphones. Del Arte talk with <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was impressed you were talking about Del Arte last week uh, um, on the pod. I feel like, can you just quickly try and explain? I bet there's a lot of people who are like, she's a clown. Yeah. Um, explain what clowning is or is, well, I think we like, did this last week. We said, is it clowning or is it just clown or whatever? But yeah. Like, I, as, I, yeah, just I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this because I was, I thought you guys were going to ask me. And I think there's also, I mean, I still feel like a student um, and I definitely don't have all the answers. And I don't, like, I know some history, but I don't know, like, extensive mm -hmm. history. Um, but to me, I think what defines clowning is, like, from a technical side, um, like, there's, a, it's a combination of, like, extreme vulnerability and extreme precision um so and uh like always relating to the audience mm -hmm. so there's no fourth wall if you're like if you've been to a play or something the fourth wall in case people don't know is like the implied invisible wall between the actors and the audience so like as as an actor when i'm in a play you know you're always taught like if you're so like uh soliloquizing <laughs> that's not a word but you know you're like you pick a spot on the wall you don't like stare at somebody in the audience when you're speaking you're kind of like looking past the audience and for the audience it's it's supposed to, it's like a you're just like okay, watching okay. like you would watch tv, watch TV. or like yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> but in in the clowning world um there is no fourth wall everything that happens in the audience is also like acknowledged heard uh, responded to on stage um yeah i'm trying i think but there's also like i think um if anybody's watched Shit's creek katherine o'hara's character moira mm -hmm. rose is a clown um there's it's like so it's not just an audience relation when you're like live there's just a way of like like i was saying before like there's generally I would say I, emotions emotions are kind of untethered things are more extreme um yeah it's purely yeah. archetypical 
So yeah, there's a lot of archetypes. Wherever, yeah. Whatever, if you are mm. the fool or if you are yeah. like, then you fully invest in yes. that 100%. Yeah. And, and you I don't think, have the balancing. And I think that's the vulnerability is like, you mm-hmm. have to be willing, especially when you're live on stage to like, like whatever you're doing in your show, you have to make sure you're comfortable with it because the it it loses its magic when somebody in the audience can see that you're like, oh, ooh, I don't want to do this or I don't like this. And if you don't want to do it or you don't like it, then you have to like acknowledge that as, you know, like in, in that state. So it's very honest. It's very hard to explain. <laughs> but um, Natalie Palomides is a clown. She's like, a you know, she's trained with, um, I know she's come through a place called the Idiot Workshop in LA and I don't know like her, her full background, but um, I know that she's a clown. She, uh, I'm taking, cl- oh my God, Chris, I just noticed. Chris just noticed that. Yeah. An amazing I was going to not mask. acknowledge it. <laughs> Did you see the disgust on Eric's face when I sat down though? He we turned sideways. Like, Is it Punchinella? It does look like Punchinella actually. Punchinella. Punchinella. Um, it's definitely not pantalone because it's not a long droopy nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the it's noses not, in Commedia are phallic. Yeah. They're it's like, n- yeah. It's not Dottore because it's not mm-hmm. like, like bulbous. bulbous. And, yeah. Leon <laughs> dropping yeah. knowledge. Leon is looking Impressive. on the left to his left. He's got like a list up. I did one <laughs> Commedia show and it was nice. fantastic. <laughs> it was at the old, um, the Milepost 5 theater um when that was going out on 82nd and then they moved down to Selwood and it was uh Commedia Christmas and it was fantastic because I got to play Dottore nice uh have a conversation with the audience which like you were saying it's Dottore is a fool but he fully believes everything that he says is accurate yeah, and he is 100% correct, but he's 100% wrong. And right. So he's I he's have... like a quack who believes yeah, in his a quack. That's his, a better his quackery. <laughs> so like audience would get to ask me a question of like, can you explain how stars are created? And yeah. even if I know a basis of truth of how stars are created, my answer has to be 100% false but I have to be fully committed right. to that answer. Right. Um, and also eat wings at the same time because <laughs> he's a glutton. Yes. It was fun. And, it, and I think a lush, which is why yeah. he has like a bulbous, <laughs> bulbous nose. But yeah, that, so I think vulnerability is important, but also like equally important is like precision. And I mean, there are elements, you know, there's a lot of improv, but it's like, you know, if you're watching Nate, you see the way she looks around the room, you know, it's like you move your whole head when you look, you know, you, I mean, you can just use your eyes, but it's like everything is, is purposeful, even the way you take a step in, in the character is purposeful and, um, and callbacks like need to, to be really like the, if you do something and then you're going to do it again, it needs to be exactly the same. You know, like it needs to, and unless you're doing it enough times where like you can sort of subvert it, but the, and like, these are just things that you, like the audience can know it's coming, but they will want to see it subconsciously if, if it's mm-hmm. done like exactly, exactly the same. So there's like that precision element. And then there's what my clown teacher called um, casting the net, 
which is essentially you're always like, um, she, you're always sort of like making that connection to the audience and you can cast the net over one person um, and then over like a group of people and then the whole audience and you always need to be going back and forth. Cause if you just spend too much time, if you're always like looking, you know, to stage left or whatever, then the people on this, the other mm -hmm. side of the audience are going to be like, I don't care. You have to like really be aware and, and even be my, uh, be aware of like, you always look to the left, you look to any sounds, you look to reactions and, and you also like have like a kind of, I think impulsive reaction to those reactions, but you also have to be aware of like who is not reacting and like, where can you like try to pull, um, pull things out of people who don't mm -hmm. want to play along. That's what do you I'm fascinated by is how do you decide anybody really, but when you're doing a show like that, that is so vulnerable and it depends on some things. How do you decide who you're going to ask to basically be a part of it, to help you out? Because I think that's a very, things could go wrong, right? Not that, or maybe there is no wrong, but I do feel like you have to be kind of, it's like when we're doing a show, I do feel vibes from folks and I kind of know <laughs> who to wrap it up with real quick when we're having a conversation with, I don't know if you all feel the same where you're just like, mm, no. Nah. You can do that as a clown too. I think if, if you start asking somebody something and they're being like show offy or, you know, what trying to, you can, you can like in that person, like personality, just shut them down and move on. Yeah. Like, like almost think, upstage you in a weird way or like, I just, I was impressed with the, with Nate because the people, at least on the one that we saw, mm -hmm. right? They, it just worked. Like they, you know, they had the reluctant guy who was like, <laughs> it was yeah, a little Lucas. bit painful to watch yeah. him go like, and then they had the guy who was wrestling, who, but who, but who was still like very much. He was reluctant at first though. And I think that's like, I, I don't know how to explain it. I think it just comes, I think a lot of that stuff comes from practice. Like, mm -hmm. And I know that she worked, she, so she workshopped that show for a really long time. Yeah. I, I don't mean, I don't know how long, I don't mean a really long, but like, it's not like she just like showed up Ten and she years. was like, here's my whole show. I think most, like, I know that when I was making Juicebox, I would try out like five to 10 minute bits at different shows, usually at kickstand, because I could get time on stage at different nights. And, um, and that was a way to be like, does this work? Does this not work? I've definitely done stuff in front of an audience that was like, oh, this is bad. Or like, it doesn't work to try to engage them in this way. Or like, what's a different way to engage them? Or, you know, like, and then you get gifts. Like, you know, sometimes, like there's things that are in my show now because somebody yeah. in the audience responded in a certain way. And I was like, well, now I ha I'm going to say that, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, like, so yeah, I think it just comes from, from practice and experience. And like, the more you do it, the more you, I don't know, you just know how to like, you know how to yeah. respond to those moments. I don't know. How, I don't know how to like, no, I get it. it. That's just better. the craft really. It's like with the same with improv, like you just, right. the more you do it, the better you get at recognizing certain things and the more you can adapt to things, but also you take tools from experiences that you kind of keep on having. 
And she she did a full run of that show. She did a full run of that show in Edinburgh in 2018. Mm So she, I think, or 2019. No, 2018. No, I can't remember. Yes, 2018. And so like that is like, you're going to get every audience response when you're in Edinburgh, you know? And then she had a run of it at Soho Theatre. She got transferred into, into a theater at London. So like, I think she's like, she's just done it enough. And which is not to say like, she's had every possible response, but like, and I'm not her. Like, obviously I can't like speak. I wish I was. What if she popped on right now? Yeah. Oh my God. I'd be like, ah, sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I know. I'm so sorry. I actually, my, my clown teacher, I'm taking classes with this guy right now. Amazing clown teacher recommend um, named Chad Damiani. And he's based in LA and he's been teaching these, these zoom clown classes like specifically for zoom so like specifically playing with like frame and like all the different things you mm. can do like are you with zadro in that same again say again are you with jessica zadro in that class there are he teaches like multiple days a week so i started oh, she's taking like, classes with him oh cool that's awesome yeah i recommended yeah. It to, like shankman and was is taking oh, classes with him too okay and, um I don't know how she found, I mean, that's awesome. I think some people, I think he might know Stacy Halal. So I think, you know, I, I, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I started off in like a, one of his group classes and then I got to go into a trio, which is really fun of just like being with two other. So you get to develop a bit more like, um, huh? Trios aren't fun. Well, if you want to leave, I mean, I'll take the spot. You no. want to take the spot? Gladly. The spot. I would love to see. I would. I would seriously. I would come and watch that show. I feel like I'm the Chris too. Like, I <laughs> I would like if there was, if you guys had like a broke gravy, you know, like which, you know, like those Harry Potter house. Nope. I think yeah. I would definitely. Oh, bro. Okay. Okay. I would definitely be a Chris. Wait, I don't get it. I'm confused now. What's okay, so like, do like, how, like do a a Hufflepuff, archetypes. What, yeah, archetypes. What house Arch- do you belong? An archetype. Oh, the quiz. Sorting Hat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like we could we make a quiz and it's like you're a, a Leon because you yeah. hate good food and love vanilla ice cream. <laughs> okay, let me get you one like thing things straight, simple right? because you let me see, get one thing completely straight. See right the now. intricacies in the simple exactly and yeah okay. I don't hate nothing good simple food. about Pearl Jam. I'm <laughs> Prolo Jam. Pearl Jam. Jam. Oh, I, know. Pro- I mean, except Never been color. to a Prolo Jam. Oh, Pearl Jam Pearl Jam's very right, well. where they just. <laughs> Just everybody's getting injections. Are you going to defend <laughs> vanilla ice cream again? Because if you are, I'm not. I'm going to defend doing something simple right. It's like if you ever, uh, a lot of chefs, the first thing that they'll have you do if you want to work on their line. Make an omelet. Make an egg or make an omelet. Because it's so simple, but it's so easy to fuck up. And so that's what I'm defending. Do I love vanilla ice cream? Fuck yeah, I love vanilla ice cream. So... I didn't mean to start. I didn't mean to start that. Oh, up. you didn't start. You didn't start it. You didn't. This is not you. This is a long standing. This is every week on what you that want exists. But I. But <laughs> see, it's kind of like I see that. I feel like I feel like I could just step right into Chris's shoes and just be kind of like a little bit annoyed and angry, like. <laughs> but also come in with you know like that. I think I do. I do that in groups. A little bit annoyed. <laughs> why are people not taking this seriously i think i'm hoping COVID has cured me of that a little bit though of what 
of taking everything so seriously and wanting everybody else to take things so seriously. No, I hope that that's not still continue no, don't to take things for seriously. No. Because people but, don't take things seriously but enough. It's exhausting. I think it's not yeah. that I won't take anything seriously. I think I just need I to like, what decide what things what? I can like let go on a yes. little bit more. And like yeah. COVID has like just put some things in relief of just being like, oh my God, I spent so much energy like just being like, why aren't these people doing this thing the way I want them to? And like, why isn't this going the way I want it to? And like, I've seen it. And yeah, Chris has witnessed that. He's, he's, you know, he's coached me. So he's seen, he's seen that face. (laughs) 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 And um, I think, I think just having all this time, it doesn't doesn't mean I don't want to like do things to a high standard. I just don't want to do everything to a high standard. Do you think that there's things that you take more seriously post COVID? Aside from um, like health and life and all those. Well, but I, but actually, yeah, I think like being like, oh, I think it's important that I like sleep well, like, and that I um, eat well and that I like, um, you know, learn how to read tarot if that's what I want to do. Like just stuff where like, I just, it's, it's very basic, but just like things that I did not prioritize before and like having all of this time has, has kind of helped me. Have you been doing a lot of self-reflection? Sounds like. Yeah. 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 I was thinking like, it's weird to think. And I'm also, I'm already a naturally self-reflective person. Um, Are are you guys familiar with the Enneagram at all? Not to be confused with the Engram, which I think is a Scientology thing. Sounds familiar. The Enneagram is like a person, it's sort of like personality type. I'm putting that in quotes, if you will. Um, it's just numbers one through nine and everybody sort of falls into one of those categories. And what I like about it compared to other personality sorters or tests or whatever, is that you sort of self-identify. So you read about the types you can take quizzes, but I wouldn't recommend it from, from people who teach it. Most of them recommend like you just kind of like read about, you the know, types. and you then you're, and, mm-hmm. or you can like read blind about them. So you don't know the, number that's associated with it and then um anyway all that's to say i am a type one i was like you're number one yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like i only had to read the first one immediately yes (laughs) and like type one Mm. that's the like sometimes called the reformer um sometimes reformer perfectionist but also like always trying to self-improve and like that is like a a very cool good quality to be like introspective but then also sometimes you got to be like man i could be a little bit easier on myself and like not push myself so hard so that was all a long way of saying uh that um yeah, self-improve, like self-improvement and self-reflection has like kind of been part of my practice for as long as I can remember. But this what, year, it's definitely allowed for more. What do you think like uh, people, like a misunderstanding about you is? Because like people think I'm mean and I'm actually, I'm not mean at all. Like I'm, I'm seriously not a mean person. Yeah. Mean it's like a misunderstanding. What do you say? <laughs> like you sound like you're defending yourself yeah. to the people Anyways, you are wrong. No, I think, I think <laughs> I'll show you. Very, uh, I'll show you. <laughs> You'll know when I'm mean, which is actually true. You will know when he's mean. 
Um, I, th I think probably because um, I am female, I'm cis female and was cultured female growing up. I think um, I'm so hyper uh, aware of trying not to seem mean um, that like, that's not quite what I get read as, but I think people read me as like very serious, especially people who don't mm. know me through like comedy mm -hmm. or through, you know, like people who don't know me very well, I think yeah. re read me as like, think I'm really, really serious. And I'm like, so fucking weird at home. Like my husband uh, is my favorite person in the world because I can be like so weird around him and he thinks it's hilarious. And that's yeah. like, that's such a gift. Um, but yeah, like, and that's, that's also, I think why like finding clown <laughs> clowning is so cool. Cause it's like, Oh, I can be this fucking weirdo and I can be so out there and people like, yes, they kind of recoil, but they also love it. And like, that is a really cool like feeling to, to play with. But yeah, I think th that's like the main misunderstanding. Like I've had in the past, like when I've gotten like, when I drink with people or like, you know, and, and, and like loosen up basically people are like oh my god you're so fun and I'm like oh my god people think I'm not fun right <laughs> so I'm like yeah dancing yeah. and having fun I don't know it's just but yeah then uh, aren't you kind of like it's a part of you like fuck you <laughs> um, you don't fucking know me Go fuck yeah me. a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no it's cool I'm the Chris <laughs> I'm the Chris you think it's the bangs uh, it's the bangs well I haven't serious I, bangs no, I think bangs are pretty fun. Yeah, to whistle actually. more. I think bangs are pretty fun. Well, I always interesting. I associate bangs with like seriousness, a stone cold killer kind. Wow. Of. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. I feel, I just think rock and roll. Thank you, Chris. This is why I'm the Chris. I just think rock yeah. and roll. Um, but in what relation what Anne just said, I do think you get pinned as being serious or whatever if. And maybe I think, Anne, you might be the same way. I don't laugh if I don't think it's funny. That's mm. just how I am. I don't. No, I, laugh. I laugh too much. And again, oh, I, think really? that's, I think that's, a, I think that's like being cultured female. And like, oh. I really, but I also, I am like very, I am a very empathetic person. And I, I don't think actually, I don't laugh if I don't think something's funny. So that's, that's true. But if I think something's like a little bit funny, I laugh very like boisterously because I really feel empathy for people mm, who are like on that. stage and who are like, and I also just have like a naturally loud laugh. Um, I think Lauren was talking about her laugh when she was on and we have a funny dynamic when we go to shows together where like I laugh very loud, like right away. And then like, there's like a beat of like three or four seconds. And then she goes, ha! <laughs> <laughs> So we have like a little, you know, we have a little it's percussion like a, section yeah. Of, yeah, of, of laughter. But um, yeah, uh, I, th I think it is, I think, you know, I do tend to like, I do, I do take things seriously and I hold myself to a really high standard and I hold, I want to hold like groups that I'm a part of or that I'm leading or things that I'm producing to a high standard too. Yeah, there's, nothing, that's, I don't there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is, but I do find it hard Portland. sometimes. Well, hard in Portland, but also just like hard with friendships when you're working with people who mm. are your friends and like where, um, and and it, it sometimes it just creates more stress for me than it's 
than it's worth when I'm that worried about stuff. So, so I think this is like one of those things where I think it's not just specifically with improv or performing. Um, Any time that you work with a friend or with a partner, mm. it it challenges the ability to like either separate or bring those two worlds together Mm. Um, because probably the things that you love about them as friends or as lovers are exactly the opposite of what you want in the office space or on stage Um, and it's like one of the things that I think uh, is the danger of dating within your improv oh god yeah i don't know that all of a sudden you take something that is uh, (laughs) don't do it (laughs) while it's a great connection on stage everybody does it you go off stage and then it's right there fuck everything over never because and yeah yeah no i think i got yes and breakfast i got yeah i got over um I see your pancakes. I think it was shortly after college that I got over like dating people and I was doing more. I wasn't doing, I did improv all through college, but after college I was doing more like straight plays, straight theater. And, you know, I, I had this like very uh, pivotal moment in my life after I had had like this messy dating thing with a director. I mean, he was my age. It's not like, but like with a director of a, a play that I was in we started dating like right as the play was like starting to run and then it was messy and bad. And I, and I, I realized later that I was like every single show I'm in, I will inevitably have a crush on at least one person because we're working in close proximity. Mm -hmm. We already have something in common and we're like, we have to build intimacy to make a show together. And I just have to ride the crush. Like, I just have to be like, and it will very likely have to ride that crush. (laughs) You didn't have to act that out. You didn't need to act that out. No, I loved it. I loved it. I I gave, yeah. Yeah, no, I I just like, you have to like ride the wave of the, I just was like, I need to ride the wave of this crush. 99% 99% of the time it's going to pass and I'm going to be glad that I didn't act on it even if we're both feeling it. That 1% uh, that though. 1%. <laughs> that 1% or it's going to transform to a different mm. kind of crush. Right. Or, or once this play is over if we if still, still like e- each other then we can date. <laughs> but like it's and th- that's different than like being in an improv group for a long time but i just found that in theater like so many times you have these intense like you also have like really intense friendships in mm-hmm. theater too and then like sometimes those don't last so i was like it feels so real and so intense when it's happening but i it's so messy to date somebody or i i keep saying date i mean to fuck somebody that you're like you know uh, in a production Dating is easy. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's a> fucking <laughs> Are you good at hanging on to friends? Like mm. once you're done being forced to be like with it, holding space with them? Like, are you good at maintaining friendships? I, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this. There are people that I don't think I haven't spoken to since I haven't spoken to since I moved from London, um, which was just over three years ago, but I would still consider them friends. And like, mm-hmm. if I, if I like 
and we maybe have like messaged here and there sporadically but like and not a bunch like maybe like I feel like every place I've lived I probably have like between two and five would be a large number but like two and five people who are like still in my life and like I definitely have friends from like college and high school who I don't speak to very often but we can get on the phone together and just like talk like no time has Mm -hmm. passed who are those people here in portland well um, (laughs) i I haven't moved yet so you don't have to leon anderson (laughs) no i would love to be friends with you leon i feel like we're i I don't mean that we're i don't mean to imply that well we're not we haven't hung out like no i I think we've had one drink after a show yeah just when when dear diary opened for Mm -hmm. broke gravy but like i would love to hang out with you and audrey um we live pretty close we used to live really close to you but we live in concordia okay you all do live close to each other yeah thought about that yeah Yeah. and you and audrey is a star trek fan so i automatically want to be friends with audrey all right she is watching the new star trek right she's watching star trek discovery right no not yet Oh I watched. God. I've just. I've just watched the first two seasons of Discovery. And oh, I is it on CBS All Access? Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. The third season is good. But we it's not. It's all not all out yet, is it? The third. I'm season. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, I've. I've. I decided. I like got CBS All Access to binge like oh, a yeah. bunch of stuff, and then I was like, I'm gonna wait until the whole third season's out. Yeah. No, it's not all done. Back and, yeah. and binge it. Can I watch the? I or can it. Audrey watch the first? like season on hulu or something it's all it's no, only it's, it's all, all proprietary <laughs> to cbs all access but it's not that expensive that right it's, it's not like, expensive at all it's, like $4. it's, no, it's not four dollars but it's under ten dollars <laughs> oh mine's four dollars because i got in on it right away dollars oh, for this five dollars for ESPN. yeah like tastemaker over there i know but i love i love like right. The only Star Trek that I don't have like a strong connection to is the original series, but all the other series yeah, I've like watched mm. multiple times and love and have been on podcasts to talk about. So I was I'm not going to turn this Captain into Kurt a mask too. show, but uh, what? <laughs> I said Chris Captain has Kurt a Captain Kurt mask. That's just Kurt. a Michael Myers mask. I don't. Oh, deep cut. Deep cut. I don't I mean, dislike, I don't dislike the original other series. Other way around, but yeah. But I just don't have a like deep connection to it. I think it's the other way around. Uh, Michael Myers put on a Kirk mask. Kirk mask. So you said it backwards. Wait, so you could say deep. I didn't say it backwards. You called it. You said it's just a Michael Myers mask. I said or a Michael Myers mask, and then I saying deep cut. I, reg- I regret bringing this up. I didn't hear or. Yeah. Way to I'm run gonna this run off the, the rails, man. Run it back. I regret it. I did it again, guys. And I actually I think it's just a William Shatner. Mask. It's probably it probably is just a William Shatner. <laughs> not, as, uh, not as Captain Kirk, possibly, which would be wild. Which is even weird because it was it like T.J. Hooker. <laughs> what would it have been at that time, like early eighties? Hooker. Like I'm surprised you even know about that show. Come on, man. This is the point in the show where I just look off into the distance. What were you singing? Them... Oh, I was singing "Oops, I Did It Again" because you oh, nice. said I did it again. Yeah. Wait, why do you just look off in the distance? Because you don't watch old TV shows? No, you two were bickering about who Michael Myers bickering. is wearing fucking As a face. Shatner's face. <laughs> Talking about the reboot of Face Off starring Mike Myers and William Shatner. Let's make it. Yeah. Let's make it. <laughs> There's already a perfect Face Off. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do I need oh, to see that movie? I've never off. seen that movie. Do yeah, I need face to see it? You need to see it. No, no okay. but it's you good. don't need to see Face Off. I mean, I it. guess it, part. Here's what it depends. On. <laughs> 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 A fucking waterfall. Fuck that show. Face Off is stupid, man. Uh, do you like Nick Cage? Um, I mean, not particularly. I don't. They I don't I, watch Face Off. Yeah, but I would. But I like like. John I would watch it for I would watch it for Nick Cage because I find him a compelling performer, but I don't like follow him, right. you know, yeah, I, I mean, or his career. Yeah. Um, do I have a question? So when they when they swap faces, face off. Does like is there like in like do they like have seam? like little stitch no. seam no, or is it just like straight is, like the science just, like, is so they're just like the actors have just switched places and you are limiting yourself to today's technology. <laughs> today's technology. <laughs> You're forgetting about their bodies, also. By the way, oh, somehow they just bulk like. Because <laughs> Travolta and Cage do not have the same body. Yeah, what are their yeah body. what are their torsos like? I mean, one is thick and one is not. <laughs> yeah. Thick. yeah. Uh, and you know, Travolta. If you look at his his um, movies where he was, what's the dance movie? Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. What's the second one? Or is, is that the second one? That's uh, staying Alive. Second one, second one, Staying Alive. Second one, Staying yeah. Alive. He's ripped as fuck in that. He's pretty He's ripped, ripped in Grease, too, which was right before that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Greece oh, I guess you just see his body more in Staying Alive because he's all oiled up in like that. You see his yeah, body you see in Grease? Well, he's wearing, Michael, he's wearing he's... like tight, he's wearing like tight shirts all the time yeah. in, oh, okay. in Grease. And like, you know, He's Same. very, he's, he's athletic. He's jumping off of he's very, bleachers he's and very stuff. Athletic. Mm-hmm. You have to be athletic yeah. to dance. Exactly. Dance like that. That's what I've Wait, have you had experience with, we don't have to get into it. I'm just with curious. John Travolta? With Scientology? Me? Yeah. No. Why did I think you had experience with Scientology? Well, I said it's before, Enneagram not to be confused with Ngram, which is Yeah, no, but I thought you had had no. experience with Scientology. No, I've never been like in the cult of Scientology, if that's what you're asking. Have you taken the test? <laughs> the Ngram? Uh, I don't think the so. The test, yeah. No. Is it called it? But I did, I did, when I lived in London, one of my many, you know, gig jobs was doing promo where I just like I worked for a promo company where you just go outside of a tube station for like three hours and like hand out magazines or flyers or whatever the or giveaways and one of them was I was um right outside a Scientology uh building and I was always just curious of people kind of like, do people actually just kind of wander in? Mm-hmm. I don't think I really observed anybody. I think that's exactly like, what happens. Some people do just wander in there. Yeah. yeah. To like the, the reading rooms. Yeah. Like not into the temple or whatever. No, no, that's what I mean. I mean, like the reading places yeah. or whatever that just have like the L. Ron Hubbard book yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I think it's like such a curiosity that mm-hmm. you're like, what is this thing? And then one day you have like five minutes before you're supposed to meet up with someone and mm. you just wander in to check it out. And then next thing you know, you're, you're, in. Like, you're like, you know, hey, how you doing? You want to just yeah, I think, two metal I think rocks? I was, <laughs> I think I was always too scared. Like I was curious, but I was like, it's not that I didn't, I thought I would be sucked in, but like, I think I was just like afraid of the discomfort of 
I always I feel bad being rude to people who are like proselytizing. That's yeah. again, I think I don't know if that's just being a woman, but like mm. she's like also there were like Jehovah's Witnesses often nearby when I was doing Provo who were just like standing there with their like rack of uh pamphlets and stuff and I would chat to them sometimes you Next know to the Mormons. Mm-hmm. yeah and like <laughs> spirituality row yeah i don't i don't like like i don't know i just don't i'm like fascinated people. i don't like, like being mean to people <laughs> yeah even cults i don't want to be mean to cults <laughs> all cults cults are interesting. did you guys have any other like did you want to talk more about nate because we like i guess I we didn't really get to like, Nate, huh I, I I would love to hear what you have to say about it, Anne, and I would love to hear why Leon didn't make it past 20 minutes. I did. I did. Uh, I stopped at 20 because uh, Bennett came into the room from his quiet time, and it was like right when uh, Nate it's popping was off. about to walk into the shower. Then I was like, there's no way that this should stay on. Yeah. And I was very happy that I made that call. Um and then when he's washing his penis it was before the penis <laughs> came out he still had the headband on and then there's also uh, like the reality that like this it's also like an like a mostly nude woman on stage which you sort of yeah. like go in and out of like away remembering uh, as you're watching. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I mean i don't know how you feel about like it's just yes you were probably uh, right form yes titties. that's a callback <laughs> Sexual harassment or yeah, it's, a, it's a sexual harassment callback. You mean breast, sir. You mean breast. Um, anyway, um, what happened? So you yeah. So then I it? ended up watching more. Uh, more doesn't sound through, like you finished it. Yeah, I watched like through Lucas. Um, basically, oh, that's when not very the, far. When they go into the art, like when he he makes the transition to mm. the night art class or whatever. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I would strongly recommend, if you can, finishing it just to have the full picture of it because I think, I also understand that like that type of performance is also just like not for everyone, but I just, I I recommend finishing it because that last section of it is where things Mm -hmm. actually reintegrate from earlier, where there's a lot of like questions posed directly to the audience where there's no like clear answer but i think mm-hmm. and where like you know content warning but where the like idea around like questions of like sexual assault come up and there's no it's really there's really no clear answer so i i would like i would be curious even if you don't like yeah. it i think just like finishing it just so you have the full picture of it is is worth it cool definitely um, yeah yeah and it's like so what i've seen so far it's not, I'm not saying it's bad by any means. It's just not for me. The pacing of it, I was like, it allowed me to go in and out. And especially the fact that I'm sitting in a room full of distractions when I'm at home. Yeah, it's super different watching it on TV than if you, I'm sure if you were in, I mean, maybe the pacing would still be hard for you, but I bet being in the room would be really different than because you're actually in like, I felt the tension. I did feel a lot of the tension that I think the audience felt, but it would be hugely 
different i think to be in the audience and like mm-hmm. having like oh shit is she coming uh, to me next is she be like, in that audience do i want i kind of want her to come to me but i also don't and like It'd be amazing um be in that audience. yeah um oh. and yeah i i had heard about this show for years and had never seen it um i'd seen like clips um on like her twitter and on the you know like clips of like in work in progress or like you know of previous performances um i thought the way they shot it was really good and impressive i was like how are they gonna f- shoot a clown show as a netflix special that's what i was wondering because I, when i heard that it was coming out because it is so much about it's so different than like a stand-up special where like you know it's like you're filming the stand-up 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 cut away to audience laughing like there's it's so much more dynamic to have to watch where she's looking all the time, who's looking back at her, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So I thought it was shot really well, mm-hmm. which was very impressive for that type of show. I do and, like that they didn't try <laughs> to hide the camera people. Yeah, no, and I, that's also very, I think, like, and, and she also interacts with the camera people. Mm. So like, you can't, you know, you can and, but like, she's not, it's not like the whole time she's like, oh, there's a kid, you know, like, because that would be very distract. that would take away from the show. But just at certain moments, she just treats them like another audience member, basically. So like, at certain points, that camera might get some direct attention, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I think she's, I think she's an amazing performer. Uh, super, like, she's an amazing clown. And I think the show itself, I knew a little bit about it. But um it definitely like it surprised me i when at some part some parts honestly i was like i wish she had dragged this bit out longer so like very different from you leon but i was like no do that more like three or four more times before you like i just thought and that's what the clown in me and probably if it was live she might have i would imagine but i think when you're filming there's some i'm sure there's some restrictions but there were a few bits where i was like Oh, I don't think you got the most out of that. And that's, again, that's like a clown thing is like, you're always trying to like, and I struggle with that too. Sometimes I watch back, like I, you know, a tape of my show and I'm like, oh, I went through that way too fast. Or like that felt so slow when I was on stage, but then I could actually like stretch, stretch that out. But um, overall, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I love the like energy of the entrance, just this whole, like, I love that it's obviously a performance of masculinity, but then it goes like way beyond that. I love the conceit that she sets up in the beginning of like, all you got to do is ask, but then that's completely subverted by the end of it. Um, And I just think it's a really fucking smart show. She developed it with Dr. Brown, who's like, he directed it. I don't know about this, the, this iteration, but I know the the live show was directed by uh, another like another well-known clown and um so i think she, you know she had somebody she was devising with also but um yeah it made me it definitely it made me uncomfortable i cried i laughed like there was i i felt like i had a real i i would like to watch it again but i felt like i wasn't ready to watch it again right away because it was it is like a real uh experience so those are my thoughts. Anything, any follow-up questions, Eric? 
Nah, not really. Um, no, um, uh, no. I just, I was, I was definitely curious, just kind of uh, what you thought of it in general. I knew obviously you liked it, um, and, and like, I mean, you touched on some of it where I just kind of how you watch it with a um, kind of a clown brain. Um, mm, yeah, and I like I, uh, I'll kind of recommend there. Uh, there's a podcast called Good Ones um, mm. from Vulture, like the New York Magazine. Um, that they'll talk to comedians about like a joke or something, and they actually had her on just talking mm. about the special. Oh, cool. um, I like the show a lot. It usually kind of depends on the person who's on the right. the interviewer is okay, um, but she was really interesting to just kind of listen to her kind of talk about her like come up and and adapting it to the screen uh, to, yeah. uh, to a screen um including like normally the show is in like a much smaller yes venue like yeah half that maybe yeah which oh, is that's even more interesting just thinking about how like I, th- I think so i've read somewhere that it's like almost never more than 100 people um so just like really small way more intimate so just thinking about how much harder it is for someone to and for and... a netflix special that was such a small audience yeah you know like so so interesting like that's a really interesting point but yeah like one of the worst things that's happened to me when I was doing juice box is where um, I, I always like try to run tech beforehand, but where something gets out of balance and I can't see the audience. Like I can't see the eyes of the audience. I always have to like calibrate things. So like the stage lights aren't at their total maximum. And I like the house lights up just a little bit so that I can always make like catch eye contact with people and I can imagine in a space that large that it just gets more and more challenging to keep everybody in that kind of net that I was talking yeah. about, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely give that a listen. I think she's, I think she's amazing. She's, she just, she's, I'm, I mean, I spent, I've spent time in the past being just very jealous of her, which is such a silly, silly emotion and a silly thing. But I'm just like, fuck, she's so fucking good. And she's in LA and she's doing this amazing stuff. And she, she won best newcomer at Edinburgh the year before with her show the year before that she won best newcomer, hmm. um, just show called laid. Um, and the premise of that show is that in the beginning she lays an egg and then she has to decide whether to eat it or take care of it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's she's had. I mean, she obviously like works fucking hard. Like it's not like, you know, I'm not being. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 like she's like a celebrity to me. I and I know that like, and she is gaining. I think she's gaining a lot of even wider recognition through this special, which is well, awesome definitely. to see. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, that's good perspective. Um, I gotta walk my dog. <laughs> we, Guys, uh... I want to keep hanging out. <laughs> Wait, was there? Never mind. Was there? Uh, I know we got to do what's good, but there weren't any questions, were there? Like one that stands out to you? We have some. At some point, we're gonna need to like catch up on some questions. Do like a question show. Do a show question or show. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a good idea. All right. Well. Anne's going to be in the what's good. All right. Are you, well, is that a good. note or are you saying what's good? Or is that, <laughs> what's, good? Anne, is that Anne, what's, what's good? good? Oh. Okay, we're doing it. Um, we're doing it. Oh, what's Can good? I pause real quick again? 
This isn't sexual harassment, but doesn't Anne look when like you start that way? It's always it looks like uh it's in my head like an album cover of Fiona Apple with that background. Was am I is that am I making that up? She had like an album cover where it was like blank like this. And like, like, I, don't know. I think you're Apple? thinking of something someone other than Fiona Apple. Like her first album? Thank you. I don't you. know, it's tripping me out. It keeps like it makes me think of the, like an album. I think I know the one you mean. And it's like staring blankly, like like sort of Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> but you, I don't you just know. Nailed that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you like anyways, sorry. What's good, Ann? Uh now I have to look up this Fiona Apple album. I mean, Eric's probably already. Well, title is like a super close up. Oh is yeah, it? maybe that's... that's all I'm thinking of then. Hmm. Anyway, um, but I, th- I think I, I, maybe I just look like I should have an album, and not that should this maybe. should be my album. Yeah, album yeah. Totally. Cover. Um, <sighs> what's good? Oh, what's good? Um, I actually had. <laughs> sorry, I was just. I got really distracted by the idea of album cover. Um, I had such a lovely day today. We, I'm not usually like a big, like holiday Christmas decoration celebration person, but like so many people this year, uh, I think just like getting the house Christmassy has just made me feel really good. The last, over the last week, Pete has put up, my husband has put up all these lights um, outside like he started with like a string of lights and then he's like, I think I'm going to get some more. He just took like five trips to Lowe's and he had such a good time, like putting lights on the trees and everything. And that's been really cheery. And, and we, we were like, should we get a tree? We've, this is our eighth Christmas together. And this is the first time we've gotten a Christmas tree where we got a Christmas tree and like I cleaned the like living room today, put up lights and put out our decorations. And it was just like, it was, and I played, um, you know, Bing Crosby's, um, whatever best of Christmas album that was the one we used to listen to growing up like on repeat three times today. And I'm not usually like a super Christmas person, but I just think the comfort of it this year was so nice. And now like every time I walk into the living room and see the tree and the lights, it just, it just feels really nice. So I had a really good day. I should have been working on other stuff, but I wasn't. And instead I just gave myself the day to. Absolutely. To just more of that decorate and, and enjoy yeah so that's my what's good uh, my what's good is also christmas themed um <laughs> so yesterday we got uh went and got a christmas tree and all that um and then got it put up and as we were going through digging through the box with ornaments um bennett was like oh, it's stumples and i had totally forgot about stumples uh, elf on the shelf so it's not elf on a shelf um it is there was an elf on the shelf there as well with the price tag still on it um uh, but he specifically shit. like keyed into uh stumples which last year Aaron, so when we started the stumptown improv festival uh we had this bright idea that it needed a mascot and so stumpy the improv stump became a thing and so it's like a over the shoulder stump that someone can walk around in what is an over the shoulder stump so it's like the costume is over the shoulder so it has suspenders that oh, hold that. It up 
Okay. Yeah. I, the way you said it made it sound like it was like you know you know a classic you know, over the shoulder just like throw over the shoulder <laughs> classic V-neck. like a like a you know like a scarf that you toss yeah. over your shoulder <laughs> so stumpy had a friend which was also made by the same uh, puppeteer uh called stumples and it's literally just like fur fabric with a little like wire in it so that its arms can like hold on to things. And then like two little yellow eyes and a nose. And it's really adorable and cute. So that's Stumples. Um, And then Erin found it in her garage last year, gave it to me. It was hanging out on a plant. And then during Christmas time, Bennett was like, why don't you have an elf on the shelf? And then I was like, uh, because we've got Stumples the Christmas crumple. And then, And yeah. then he just like totally latched it. onto it. And Stumples like last year destroyed the gingerbread houses, um, like ate all of Santa's cookies, and, but left them wow. out. And then like ate the middle of tortillas out and just like threw them all over the place. So I thought that was a one year thing. And then this year, Bennett finds it in his box, in this box of ornaments. And he's like, <gasps> Stumples. I was like, yes, we're doing this. And so he like put it in the tree. And then I get to like move it around the house and just like cause little mini mischief. Like I put pieces of bread on the toilet seat today. And then he was like, why is I there hope, bread on the toilet? I hope I'm Bennett like, doesn't listen to this. <laughs> he's gonna get he's gonna get all of his beliefs <laughs> spoiled. Uh, he's gonna listen back in like 15 years. Be like, what? <laughs> Stumbles wasn't real. How much money have I spent on therapy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just like that little enjoyment of being a kid and uh, seeing Bennett's fear. That's of how Stumples got from the Christmas tree into his backpack is uh, brings me a lot of joy. Fatherhood. Yay. Um, I got two weeks coming up where I get to not be at work. So I'm really looking forward to that. That is definitely what is good. Anything planned for that or just to see where the wind takes you. Honestly, I'm gonna try to not do anything. I'm gonna yeah. do your I'm gonna do your um natal chart while you're off because then I'll I'll oh, yeah. I did my fertile ground project, so I won't be working on that anymore. And then you have two weeks off and you can both yeah. do it. I'm down with I'm that. Sorry that I didn't do it before. <laughs> what chart? You got a website to update as well. Natal. I have a oh, website yeah, to update yeah. or Chris no, does. Chris has I mean, website. I probably do too. <laughs> yeah, we're just filling up his his free yeah, time. There's that too. Yeah. Emily uh, told me I don't know how to relax. I can relate to that too. Right. See, I'm the Chris, yeah. but I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm getting better. Is Chris um, a reformer? I think as a <laughs> as a practice is good I to not, not do not, other people. Yeah, to not identify other people. But I don't oh, know that's that Chris fun. is the one. I'll check it out. Send me the link. Or what's um, it called? Idealist? And Enneagram. I'll send Enneagram. I'll send you the info. I can send you the yeah. paragraphs that I have in a little book and you can read. Oh, you have it. paragraphs? That might work yeah. better. I just found a site that has like one sentence. Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't do like I wouldn't do the test. I'll i I'll send you I'll send you oh, I'm not taking a test. Paragraphs. There's okay. a testing center. Yeah, don't do that. How much it you, cost? It's really no, but it's like and also like 
you can misidentify really easily that way. I think when you take those, those tests, mm -hmm. um, anyway, I said natal chart, it's a birth chart, like a astrological natal chart earlier when you said what, what, what? Oh. uh, what's good, oh. Eric. Uh, well, one, just for those listening, uh, we figured it out. It is the Vampire Weekend album Contra that Chris was thinking about. Oh, I gotta look at this now. Yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, and that person kind of looks like Anne a little bit to me. Like, in the, there's something in the eyes. I don't know. I'm dead, trying to cover up her blonde eyes. hair. And yeah, brown eyes. Obviously. <laughs> Other than her blonde hair and brown eyes, we look a lot alike. <laughs> well, not the eye not color, brown. just the eyes. No, they're brown. Yeah. They're not the yeah, color of your eyes. Yeah. What's happening? Well, I guess Leanne's going to share his screen. So, oh. People watching on Kickstand's Twitch. Oh, right. I forgot this is. This is hold on. Let me <clears> see <throat> if I can. I see it. Do you see it? I don't see it. Different nose. The nose is throwing you off. The chin is different, different too. Chin. Yeah, I'd have to be like. Oh, it's a different person. So. <laughs> She's also not yeah. wearing a polo. I only see Catherine. <laughs> uh, there's a door in the background. <laughs> Anyways, Kristen Bell. I just see Kristen Bell. I see. Oh, Kristen Bell I don't see that Bell. at all. Yeah. Interesting. I think Kristen we have similar Bell, mouths and similar yeah. eye shapes. I think that's and, um, and backgrounds. <laughs> Bell and better lighting board. Uh, and a more full lighting uh, what's good with Eric uh, just I had kind of a nice just random Sunday um, uh, Kelsey was baking a bunch of cookies which she just kind of was like I'm big cookies it's like okay um, I don't know man she's like make four like ginger or something Gross. And they're fine. Uh, she made some like cranberry shortbread, which is. I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm okay, like... I'll keep that in mind. Uh, I was definitely like, yeah, they're fine. I, Kelsey was like, they're fine. So I feel fine saying they're fine. Um, she makes these like chocolate peppermint dipped things. I don't really know how to describe, but they're fucking delicious. I don't like peppermint. Okay. I'm on a cookie. Um, just it's like case. it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the yeah whatever. And then I think she's got one other she's gonna make tomorrow. I think I don't know. She just is like I'm gonna make a bunch of cookies for people and stuff. So Ooh, she yeah. did that. Um, nice. and my mom came over because she wanted some help with her like jewelry stuff that she does. Um, so I was gonna help her with that stuff but basically is also an excuse to come and hang out with her uh granddaughter so basically like the four of us kind of hung out in the kitchen while mila alternated between wanting to be held and not wanting anything to do with anybody um because that's where she's right now Classic. which is kind of funny um so it was just kind of a nice afternoon just kind of hung out for a few hours and in between mila naps and and then uh, we just did bath before I came on, uh, which has not been working. So that's not really what's good, though it's kind of funny because she's never this pissed off. Um, but uh, yeah, 
Is she pissed off about the bath or the timing of the bath? The bath. So we were doing baths in this like little blue tub thing. Mm -hmm. Like we would do them in our kitchen, um, like on a kitchen counter. And she basically got to the point where she just would stand up and want to leave. She's so tall. She's like, like, okay, enough of this. And just like stands up and is like either trying to grab things or leave the tub. So it's like, well, it's probably time to just do it in the regular tub. And we're like, oh, for three at this point. Like she Mm -hmm. just, she never gets this pissed off about anything. Maybe she's more of a shower child. She's just got to teach her how to just work it. Have you tried putting the tub in the tub? That's what we're doing Wednesday. Like next time we do a bath mm. is Good we're going to, we thought about it, doing it tonight too late. And yeah. I was like, okay, well. You should have called me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tub in a tub. Tub in a tub. <laughs> but it's like, she's so cute, pissed off at this point still. So it's kind of like, like, okay, like we got to get you clean, but I don't know. This is tickling me. This is fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, good Sunday. Good lazy Sunday. Nice. Talk to y'all, Jamokes and Anne. I can be a Jamoke. Yes, you can. I just Keep got pushing. the same feeling that Chris gets every once in a while when he hears words where I'm like, can we say Jamoke? <laughs> like, it feels wrong. I think I was the one who said that, wasn't it? Yeah, you will. On last week's episode, yeah, I think you were saying that. And and Leon, you actually taught me the root of the word that I now won't say anymore. Yeah. Because I didn't, I I had heard that word and I had no, I mean, it seems so obvious, but I did not know the root of that word. So thank you for getting it. it. Hmm? You're welcome. I forgot what the word is. What is it, Um, Diggardly? No. Oh, it, niggly? No. <laughs> niggly, 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 it Man. just never occurred to me that it had that like root. Yeah, you know? I had never heard that word before. I knew that word as like meaning just like I, I use I hear it used often with like feeling like oh, it's just a you yeah, know a feeling like a... that's just kind of like bugging you you know something's just sort of right. Um, but yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's another one. I can I can happily take that out of the yeah. out of the lexicon. It's easy, guys. You just don't say it anymore. Yeah. That's just for the white people listening. <laughs> but I'm an American. I can say what I want. I can do what I want. And I'll sing about it. Leon's like, they're Hamiltoning. They're Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, have you guys watched have you guys watched Jingle Jangle? Not yet. It's on the I, list. It's on I the haven't list. I haven't watched it yet either, but I'm going I think I'm gonna watch What's it. Jingle tonight. Jangle. It's, it's a, like, go on. Oh yeah, uh, it's like a Netflix like Christmas musical and it's and i saw it one day and i was like "Mm, nah and then like everyone and their mama on twitter blew up about it about how fucking good it is well it's also it's also a mostly black cast and it's it's all it's like a christmas 
classic. It's, people are calling it like a new Christmas classic. Yeah, it's it's fucking Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Just, Whitaker, Keegan Michael Key, uh, also like Felicia Rashad. Yes, uh, and, it's supposed and, to be really good. So they also like, reviewed right. it on Black Man Can't Jump, which is how I heard about it. But they and there's like a bunch of like kid, like kid and younger actors where this is like their first movie, and the casting is supposedly like. Wait a minute. Like Felicia, Rash- it has Felicia Rashad. Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby yeah. sympathizer in it. I refuse to watch. <laughs> but it's got Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. And some. You can just ki- fast and, forward past and good the scene with Felicia Rashad. I just watched her sister show. Um, she has a sister. Who's her no, sister? Debbie Allen. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. She does a uh, hot chocolate nutcracker. I just watched the documentary on that. So oh, I'll check it out. That sounds sensual. Mm. Hot chocolate nutcracker? Oh. <laughs> on Showtime. Sit it's up. just a bunch of kids of color doing yeah. the nutcracker and Debbie Allen getting them ready in three months. It's really good. Really good. Oh, so it's okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out though. Um, well, I'm excited to hear you guys talk about Jingle Jangle. I was like, this is a, something that Leon, on the one hand, wants nothing to do with, but on the other hand, absolutely but, wants. I just Jing- picture. Jingle Jangle. Forrest Whitaker doing his best Bing Crosby impression. And that's why I'm going to watch it. And I'll probably be wrong. I picture an old, an old black man terrorizing a black neighborhood. And they're like, here comes Jingle Jangle. (laughs) (laughs) Jingle Jangle unchanged. He just got Jingle Jangle unchanged. (laughs) I got my eye on you. Forrest Whitaker. Anyways. uh, And thanks for coming. Ghost dog, yo. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Anytime. Maybe I'll go watch Jingle Jam right now. I really like, I really, I'm honored to be here, truly. It's been super fun, and it's just fun to get to chat to to friends during a quarantine, so I appreciate it. Um, After you do Chris's uh, prenatal chart chart or whatever. (laughs) Prenatal chart, yeah. Um, to determine come back on the show kids. and y'all chat about it yeah we can do that i'm not an expert i just like you know but i i'm not an expert on clowning either i just like it and yeah. i do it so None of i do have a show i do have a show um coming to fertile ground okay. uh, which is fertile ground festival of new works which um has been around for over 10 years now in portland usually in january or february usually live um and usually a mix of like anything from like a stage reading to like full productions to circus to you know one person shows like kind of runs the gamut of live performance and they're doing an all they're doing a curated festival this year and it's all online and it's all pre-recorded so it's not live stream so it's been kind of uh I'm, i'm i'm doing my show is called prolific uh and it's the premise is basically that uh by the end of the show i will be both pregnant and a world-renowned artist and it's about uh fertility and creativity it's it's stupid it's like a it's a weird clown show and it's mostly lots of bits because uh you know trying to create something in a pandemic is weird and trying to like self-tape a bunch of stuff in my house is weird but it's fun i'm having fun making little props and costumes and the festival starts, I wrote it down, um, January 28th. 
and it runs through February 7th and it's going to be all on the Fertile Ground uh, YouTube channel and nice. uh, Facebook page. And then my piece debuts February 1st, but the, it, once the, the, each show has like a debut time and then they'll be available to watch for the remainder of the festival. So probably only be like 20 minutes long and I don't even, I've got to turn it in later this week and I am still editing. So I don't even totally know what it's going to be yet. So it's going to be exciting. Awesome. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah. Fertile ground. That For ground be fertile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You can also Thanks. see it live on Chocolate Sundays at, <laughs> at Joe's Comedy Cellar. Joe's Comedy Cellar. Joe's Comedy Cellar. <laughs> One, two, nine, five. Oh my God. MLK now I, this Boulevard. is, this feels like this, I can't even remember the sketch, the sketch idea you and I had, Chris, where. Oh. Like, and I was like, I don't think we could actually do this sketch. Um, no, you couldn't do it. I could do it. What the yeah, fuck? Or you, it was like, if you wrote it, it was like me being, a, so I'm a solo performer, but I'm white. And I'm like, am I taking up to, like, there's no black people in my show. That I think that was like the premise. Like, is it okay that I'm white? And that, was that the premise? No, there was a hook to it that I was fuck, like, that I can't remember. hilarious. I can't remember it now. I'll think about it though. Mm. It was it was basically along those lines, so. Yeah, it was definitely something that you could never do, though. Yeah. Hmm. Like in, making your show show more representative as a one woman show. Yeah, tr or tr like I think that was like the that was the premise, like, and and just worrying about it. <laughs> it was something that tickled me. I can't remember it, but yeah, yeah. it obviously didn't last because we can't remember mm. the full premise, but. Feels like another one of those. All right. Uh, take that hood off before you go walk the dogs, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I walk my dogs in my hoodie all the time. That's how mm. I do it. Mm. The dog cancels out the hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought they were afraid of dogs. Okay. I'm threatened, but that dog is so beautiful. <laughs> you. I don't oh, want to get blood on that coat. Before I go, I'm going to drop this on you, the science of the brain. I, uh, I had animal crackers. I love animal crackers for some reason. And there's a bag of animal crackers in my, uh, on my shelf, but I reached into my Cheez-Its. I wanted to get a Cheez-It. So I put my hand in the Cheez-It. I'm taking out a Cheez-It, but I'm looking at the animal crackers, and I bit into the Cheez-It, and my brain stopped. And I, I, my brain literally shut down. And what I tasted was something I've never tasted before in my life. I did not know what was happening. I understand. To me. I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. No. And it wasn't on purpose. I wasn't like, I'm going to do this while doing this. It just happened. I was eating the cheese, it looking at the bag of animal crackers, like, oh, I like animal crackers. And all of a sudden, it <laughs> wouldn't have worked if you tried to do it on purpose. Yeah. I didn't it think it wouldn't so. have worked. And are you talking about circus animals? Because no. I've never seen no, no, no. it. There's oh, these animal crackers from animal Mexico crackers. that I that I oh, yeah. buy all the time. Oh, okay. So they're not Animal Crackers brand animal crackers. No, 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 no. Okay. Those okay. are cookies. Those are like animal cookies. Right. But what? they're called animal crackers. Right. So what are you eating? He's animal. Eating, they're called like, animal crackers, but they're just they're from Mexico. There's this particular brand that I like to are buy. Are they crackers or are they cookies? They're crack. They they're. Well, an animal so, cracker. I mean, like, are they analogous to animal crackers as we know them, which are cookie-like? Cookie. Are you talking about animalitos? 
They're more. They're less sweet, so they're more cracker, I guess. Are they? Are they like are they biscuit biscuity? consistency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No. No. They're not biscuity. Biscuit they're as more in flaky, like British way or biscuit as in the American way? Yeah. Bro. Oh, I'm thinking biscuit in the American. No, like British. Oh, British. Yeah. I was like, thinking yeah. like an Ovaltine tea biscuit. No. Kind no, of no, 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 no. They're no. Yeah. They're. Yeah, I don't know, but it was like uh, reduced fat Cheez-Its, because those are the only Cheez-Its that taste good to me for some reason, and it was just, it blew my brain up. Okay. Yeah, that's like... I, I, are gross. I think that's similar to when you like have a drink in a cup, and you think you're getting like a drink of water, and then it's Coke or something, and you're just like, yeah. like this is yeah. the most, disca- even if it's something you like. It's or yeah. when they give you a plastic beer mug. Or something like that, and then you, you look at it and you think that it's glass, and you pick it up and it's far too light. <laughs> you just throw it on you. <laughs> you just throw it all over yourself. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But... Yeah, that's you and some small children. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> My beer's gone. <laughs> I mean, how heavy are is, are your glasses? Leon? You know, when you when you pick up a plastic mug of beer and then you just you just throw it and it just it's it hits somebody 17 feet behind you. Are you just accidentally crush solo cups every time you pick them up? Ugh, God. Uh, oh my God, I love that moment in Nate when she rips the, the can, can apart and then uses it like <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, I went to college with one of the solo kids and they are so rich. Yeah. Oh, Imagine. the solo cup kids. They're so rich. Crazy. Fucking made a cup. Was he just like, hey, don't worry about it. I got you. And he just goes into his room and he comes out with this like pristine yes. like red solo cups. Yes, for every party. Yeah. But like, how much did you contribute to just landfills and like ocean waste? Think about it. Yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solo island. There's probably an island of just so Yeah, that's I mean, that's probably most of trash. Ping pong balls. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to go walk my dog. I'll see you all later. Thanks, Anne, for joining us. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. 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 This has been a Broke Baby production. For updates on podcast releases, live shows, swag, and more, you can subscribe to our newsletter at BrokeAV.com. You can follow us on Instagram and or Facebook, or, you know, just keep your ear to the streets. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star review on Apple, Google, Overcast, or just yell it at neighbors and innocent bystanders. They'll get it. We love answering your questions, so if you have one for us, please hit us up at BrokeGravy.com or on Instagram. As always, we appreciate the love and support. Until next time, it's all gravy. Bro gravy!